welcome to Split the Screen episode 31. I even checked before. That's how organized I am. We wow. are we are organized. I'm organized because I haven't been streaming before, so I've actually had time to prepare things. But welcome ben, to yeah, preparing. I know. Wow. One, it's a good day today. Very unusual for a top. How are you doing? But welcome. This is Split the Screen, uh, the greatest video game uh, podcast uh, on earth. Uh, we won that award. Congratulations. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize we won. Yeah, we did. I didn't realize we were nominated. That's great. I know. Yeah. There's, everybody was nominated and we won. It's uh, incredible, isn't it? But yes, welcome. Um, so this is Split the Screen and I am your host, Biggest Benes, and I am joined, as always, by Ed Nightingale. Good evening, men. Good evening, Twitch. <laughs> How are we <laughs> doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. It was a bit of a late one with the uh, Nintendo Direct last night, which we will talk about later. Really? Oh, I um, thought we were going to skip it. No, we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, it's a bit of a late one, but I'm all right otherwise. You sound a bit tired. Are you tired? I am a bit tired. Oh. It's been a long week. Has it? Have you been uh, working very hard? Always. Because you're a James, a James journalist, and uh, what have you been writing? Because I've heard that uh, a big feature went up, which is not a euphemism. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so. That's why it was up all night. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, I did write a piece which went up yesterday about uh, Twitch and accessibility, and I spoke to some really wonderful disabled streamers um, about their experience on Twitch, um, and and basically what is you know, what sort of things do disabled streamers have to overcome that maybe other people don't? Um, and what can Twitch do more to support those streamers? Uh, and what we can all do more to support those streamers, which mm. is to raid them and shower them with love and give them lots of support. Exactly. And yeah, go and click on it. It's in the link in the chat. Uh, go and give it a follow and Feel free to leave a nice comment on there because you know what? Twats on the internet are twats. <laughs> Whenever you want to highlight or you want to uplift people who are normally... Uh, like ignored by society or kind of have to work extra hard to get the chances that people who are not disabled or who are not in a minority get, then you get a lot of people in the comments going, what's so special about them? Why are they getting special treatment? Because to some people, equality is oppression to the privileged. There you Indeed. go. Um, Preach so, it. Yeah. I, uh, I have some exciting news to say. You do? Ooh. So this afternoon, I the have... Drum roll. I don't have a drum roll, actually. Oh, okay. No. Does that sound like a drum roll? Can you beatbox? You can sing and stuff. I don't know if you can. I don't know what you're doing there, but yeah. We tapping have bands now. Okay, tapping your thighs. Well, uh, yeah, that that's definitely not going to look dodgy at all uh, on stream. I'll sound it. Um, yeah, no, this afternoon I accepted a job in London. Ba -ba -da -ba! So I'm going to be teaching, still a teaching job. Um, I'm going to be moving to London and hopefully starting in a month. So uh, yeah, some big, some big changes coming. Excellent news. Yeah. Miss Wilber says, I hope they'll be paying you to live there. Well, I'm not working for free. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good. But yeah. So and it'll, I'll probably be working. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be working uh, quite a lot later than I do now. So Streams will be very different and probably quite a bit less. Um, well, maybe fewer streams. Uh, definitely, I don't know what it'll be. I'll wait till I settle down there. But my guess is like three to four short streams. 
maybe like a long one at the weekend. And I think one day per week I get the afternoon off. So, yeah. Well, it's quality over quantity. It is. Someone says no 100 days of streaming. No, no 100 days of streaming this year. Maybe 30. <laughs> Who knows? I'll wait till I'm settled down and I know exactly what's uh, what's going on there. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, that is the exciting news. A long so one at the weekend. At comments. Yeah. <laughs> a long one at the weekend, maybe. Well. Who knows? Well, it depends. It depends where I go. But yeah, that's, I'll be working in Waterloo. The, the place made famous by ABBA. Exciting. Wow, thank you, Tom. <laughs> Quality <laughs> over quantity. That's why we support Ed Knight, says Tom. Yeah, I mean, your streams once per week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's me. That's me. Nepo- I don't think ABBA ever sang a song called Napoleon, but uh, I'm sure, Mr. Wibble, I'm sure. Napoleon, 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 Napoleon. That one. That's the one, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, there's a tube station there as well. I think, yeah, the tube station came before the ABBA song. Uh, so it must be the tube station. All right. Well, you know who, you know what? We're not here alone. We are joined by... No, there's been someone giggling. <laughs> <laughs> She's been giggling. Pulling faces. Um, so do, would you like to introduce her, Edward? Um, we have... Well, no, I think you should, because you do the accent a lot better than I do. Yeah, hello there, everybody. We're joined by the one, the only, straight from Canada, Chili Wank. It's Annie May Play. Hello there, Annie. <laughs> 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 Annie is just distraught at this yeah. moment. I've had a guest leave before uh, they start speaking. <laughs> How are you doing, I Annie? Regret saying that. Now. <laughs> oh dear. I'm just. I'm, I just don't even understand why I accepted this at this point. But, <laughs> but here I am. You're here for Hi. Ed. How are you doing? Yeah. This this really is just an opportunity to talk to Ed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am Thank good. You. you know, it's the middle of the afternoon here. I'm fairly awake, all things considered, and I'm looking forward to talking to Ed. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll let Ed interview you while I just sit back. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Perfect. So, yeah, we always start with a few little questions just to get to know our wonderful guests. So, Annie, when when did you first start streaming? 2019. I had streamed before, like years and years before that. But like the current thing I'm doing, I started in the summer of 2019. So coming up on three years, sort of soon. Nice. And what what made you first get into it? Um, I wanted something to do, basically. Like, I was obviously playing a lot of games because that's been something I've done for pretty much ever. And I really thought, like, I could offer something that people might want to watch. And it was very slow. It, it, It was slow to get to that point, but I feel like I am kind of at that point now where it's like, okay, I have, like, product people want to watch and that's just great absolutely um what what is that product what what games can we expect to see you playing lots of rpgs lots of very like thorough playthroughs uh usually kind of on the retro side of things i do play new releases from time to time but usually i'm playing things i'm more familiar with um if it's weird that usually helps like i like quirky games i like things that 
kind of go outside the box, which we'll talk about a little bit later because there were some Nintendo Direct announcements of games that I think go outside the box, but we'll get into that a little bit later. We uh, but yeah, mostly mostly like RPGs and things like that. I just, I like that sort of flow of a game. Nice. I mean, you do have excellent tasting games, I will say. Um, you never said that to me. Well, figures. Well. <laughs> um, but you, you, you're very knowledgeable about gaming as well. Like you, you have lots of great knowledge about retro games as well as new stuff. Like, where did your love of gaming start, and specifically your love of JRPGs? Uh, basically, both with the same game, um, and that would be Earthbound. Um, which I rented once as a kid, not even knowing really what the game was about, just basically enticed by the, the, the box art because the earthbound box in North America, it was like huge. Cause it came with a strategy guide. So it literally stood out kind of like on the shelves at the rental store. Cause it's just this box. that's like four times bigger than a super Nintendo box. I rented it. I took it home. Uh, I didn't even know how to, I couldn't figure out how to save the game the first time I rented it. Apparently you still have that problem according to Jinx. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just get too cocky. But um, so Earthbound really kind of put me on to RPGs and it's been that game that's kind of shaped my taste. I think ever since I've played it and I've like appreciated it on like different levels as I've gotten older. Nice. I actually, just before we started, um, I mean, slight spoiler for Nintendo, but uh, Mother One and Earthbound are now on Nintendo Switch. Um, and I actually started Mother One um, just beforehand, which was the NES game, which is very <laughs> old school. And it took oh, me a while very. to work out how to save. And then I realized you can just create a suspend point, <laughs> which is somewhat cheating. Eh. But fine. What that also is, though, you you mentioned the strategy guide there and, and the big box. That mm-hmm. now makes a lot more sense to me because I read a story earlier that um, there's actually a QR code um, in like on the game in the Switch. Um, and okay. if you scan that, it gives you a PDF of the strategy guide that right. I guess was a big thing at the time. Um, and now that makes sense that it was this huge box and it came with the strategy guide. So the strategy guide was very cool too. Like they, it was basically laid out almost like every town you went to was like, you got like the front page headlines uh, of like basically okay. what was happening in the game at the time. And then it kind of went into like the strategy section. It was very cool. It was very, very cool. And when you rented it um, where I was, they actually rented out the strategy guide to you as well. So nice. got to appreciate like both really cool things about the game. I miss those I miss, days. I was going to say, I miss renting games, going to Blockbuster. <laughs> Did you rent anything, Ben? Uh, I yeah, I used to rent a game pretty much every every week, but I can't remember what it was. Just usually something kind of easy to pick up and play, and then put down again. I was very bad at. Fin- I don't think. Like, I'm pretty sure, like the first game I ever complete. No, the first game I ever completed, I think, was Crash Bandicoot Three. So like that was, and that was quite a bit after starting playing games. So yeah, no, I've never been one to really finish games, but you know, pick them up for a bit and then put them down. Nothing changes. It's true. Very true. Uh, so last question then, Annie. What is your favorite ever game? Is it Earthbound or is it something else? 
It is and it isn't Earthbound. Um, Near Automata is way up there. I think my top three are Earthbound, Mother 3, and Near Automata. Uh, Mother 3 is basically better Earthbound, but mm-hmm. it's never had an official English release. So I feel I don't recommend it as much as Earthbound, although obviously until yesterday, getting your hands on Earthbound, not always that easy. Um, the cartridges sometimes go for like upwards of like a thousand dollars nowadays. Yes, big collector's item. But um, Mother Three is a better game in pretty much every way. But I just can't recommend it over Earthbound, mainly because of nostalgia. Like Earthbound came first for me, so that's kind of got the the place, you know, right here. Or if you have that medical condition, which may or may not exist, right over here. <laughs> Nice. Um, I had another question for a second then. Oh, yeah. So you're not just into video games, though. Like, you're also into sort of anime and Japanese culture Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Was video games like your entry point into that? Or have you always loved Japan and Japanese culture as well? No, I don't. I don't really think video games had a big effect on, on getting into that sort of thing. I think that was more just, hey, what's this? Uh, what's this anime block they have on uh, on Canadian television? This seems interesting. And then watching uh, Gundam Wing and kind of just falling in love with anime from there. Got it. I really wish we'd had more anime in the UK. It just wasn't really a thing apart from like Pokemon on a Saturday morning. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> the only anime I remember ever seeing. Yeah, mm. I feel like we missed out. Oh, we had like have. Animals of Farthing Wood and stuff like that, which was also brilliant. <laughs> I do remember, I mean, it's not an anime. I do remember the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon that was on super early. Yes. Dr. Robotnik the- or Eggman? Robotnik. Yeah. Always. People say Eggman and I just feel like that's, no. Is, see, I feel like Annie will know this. Is Eggman what he's known as in the Americas or was that the translation of his Japanese name? I think it was always Eggman in Japan yeah. and they used Robotnik for a little while in America and then kind of swapped towards Eggman as time went on. I think I'm, despite what Ben will tell you, I am not some sort of Sonic guru. Um, I, I've seen big... you playing a Sonic game to thousands of people, <laughs> thousands and thousands yeah, and thousands the... of people on the front page of Twitch. Sonic, yeah, what, and which, I... which one was it? Sonic 3? No, it was um, Sonic... I don't Sonic even remember Sonic. now. Lost World, I think. Oh, yeah, your favorite, right? Oh, yeah. Favorite Sonic game ever. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. It looked like You are a fountain question. of knowledge, though, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you, I know, try. you know everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching yeah, the Direct yesterday, and I mean, Ed and I were kind of nerds. And every game, like half the games that were announced, we had no idea. And Annie was like, oh, I love this game. Yeah, I used to love this. I'm like, I've never heard this this game in my life. Look, they made the direct just for me, okay? They did. I was, I was, I got, I ended up tweeting a bit too much yesterday, so I, I stopped myself from tweeting. But I was really tempted to do a tweet, being like, "Nice of Nintendo to make a whole direct uh, showcasing what Annie's going to be streaming over the next year." <laughs> just literally, you just use that as your channel trailer, Annie. Might as well. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it was literally a JRPG fan's dream. Mm-hmm. Like everything, it really was. But anyway, we will get to that once we've uh, split time and split the headlines. 
splitting time. There you go. Ben, let's start with you. What's been splitting your time this week? Uh, well, I've I've finally put down Pokemon Legends because I think I'd finished the main. St- I think I'd finished the main story. Uh, the last time we spoke, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, yes, you had finished the main story with that. So yeah, I put it down for a bit. I haven't uh, picked it back up yet, but I will. Um, I've been really, I've been getting balls deep into Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm trying to do a quick full playthrough before the sequel comes out in, well, it's next Friday, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So, and also I'm not going to be starting it till the following Monday. So I'm just, yeah, whizzing through the main campaign. I've done two streams of it and I think I might only need one more left. Because uh, I've Really? Yeah, I've been just, so I've been playing it on story mode. Got to recommend that. Uh Playing games on story mode is the best experience. You don't need to worry about fights or anything like that, or any skill. Um, yeah, so I went. I've been going through there, and yeah, it's weird because I'm playing on story mode and just doing the main campaign. Like I'm not doing any of the side quests, and um, yeah, I'm not finding myself underleveled whatsoever. It seems to be really good at matching it, so you're not going to be, you know, you're not waiting. Oh God, look, the next mission's five levels higher than what I actually am. Um, so I've been, yeah, just doing that. It's a really cool game. The acting, like the, okay, the worst thing obviously is the facial feature, you know, the um, the mouth. The lip movement. syncing. Lip syncing, that's it. How could I forget that word? Like, how could you? How could I? The lip what syncing. Was a drag race fan. For their life. Well, they're all, they're getting Shantae away. Is that the thing? Sashay away, sorry. <laughs> Sashay away. Um, so they're going because they're terrible at lip syncing. And, uh, but apart from that, I, it's all kind of like serious acting and I like this. It's like, oh, everyone's kind of a bit, oh, yes, we need to do that. They're not like screaming and shouting their lines. Um, it, it does feel like it's very, like the acting they've taken really seriously in it, the voice acting. Uh, and the story is really uh, fascinating. I, I am like doing the main story quest, but a few times I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tempted to do some of the side stuff just because these stories that keep getting brought up are pretty interesting, but I've already done them before. So I'm not, uh, I'm not going to. But yeah, I think I'll finish, I think one more stream to finish the main campaign, but I do want to play the expansion because I never did, um, and I will be playing the expansion afterwards. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I when I played it, I mean, I, I got the platinum and went through and did like all the side quests and everything. Mm. So I feel like I put a lot of, a lot of time into it, which has sort of skewed my understanding of how long it is because I just presume it's a really long game. Mm. And then hearing you say it's only a couple of streams, it's like, oh, actually... The main story quest is probably quite short. Yeah, the actual main story one itself is so far is pretty short. I think I've got like three more missions, but I think those three missions are quite long. Um, okay. So there could be another stream. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's so there's, I'm not doing any side quests and there's all sorts of things. I haven't even done any of the, um, is it cauldrons or something like that they're called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've not done any of those. Um, <gasps> oh, but they're some of the best bits. I know, but I'm, I've done them. Did them all. I did them all before. I'm just, I'm literally just learning, just reminding myself of the story. Sticking it up on YouTube, youtube.com slash biggestbenus. If you want to check them out in the local recorded or locally recorded quality, then uh, go on there and watch them. Uh, thank you, Money. Putting it in the chat. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's just kind of reminding myself of the story and of the setting and everything so that when the new one comes out, I can be like, oh yes, that person, he was in the first one rather than like, recognize that face who is it again yeah where's so and so where's rust oh yeah so what about you annie wow, are you uh spoiler. yeah you a horizon zero dawn fan 
I own the game. It's still sitting in the plastic, actually. Oh. Annie. Is it not JRPG enough for you? No, it's not that. <laughs> so you gotta wait. No, Annie's waiting until it goes retro. As soon as it, yeah, Annie's exactly. gonna wait 15 years and then she'll play it. <laughs> I have to figure out what the half-life of the game is, and once it's achieved that, then I'm legally allowed to play it. <laughs> Someone will make a demake and then you can play that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Eight bit, preferably. Yeah. <laughs> just take out everything that's actually fun about the game and like I'll play it then. <laughs> right. Have you played um, any Dragon Quest 10? 10? Yeah. Is that the one that's uh, where you can play it in uh, 8-bit version? No, oh, that's 11. 11. 11, that's, yeah, that's the latest one, yeah. Yes, I have played a lot of that. <laughs> in in <laughs> which version? Uh, in the 3D. Oh, okay. Interesting. Nice. Hmm. But yeah, that's so, what's been Annie... splitting my time, yeah. What about... Okay, well, sorry, I'll let you... I was going to ask Annie what Annie's been playing. You go ask Annie. I have been playing Pokemon a bit. I don't know what it is. I don't have... I really like the game. I'm not, like, sitting down with it for long periods of time. Like, I might throw it up and play 45, 50 minutes and then just put it back down. I don't know what it is. And it's not, a, It's not like, the quality of the game because I do really enjoy it. Just, it's not something I want to play for, like, extended periods of time. Um, I just recently started replaying Chrono Trigger on my DS because that's a really good game. Um, and then other than that, it's basically just what I've been streaming, which is a split between uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, which is actually something that recently came out, and then um, Yakuza 3 Remastered because I've slowly been playing through all the Yakuza games on my stream. And I Yakuza 3 is really kind of a product of its time yeah but it's the uh, worst one of all of them now isn't it <laughs> it doesn't help that like i played yakuza 0 which was made in a modern engine and then i played kiwami 1 and kiwami 2 which are remakes in the zero engine mm -hmm. and then i go back to 3 which is just a remaster mm. and it's the oldest game in the remasters so it's just like yeah this this is a bit clunky some of the writing is really weird um like Yakuza is always really good at having like silly and serious, but it usually like splits them. <laughs> Yakuza 3 kind of like intertwines the silly and the serious sometimes, and you get them kind of making jokes about things that probably, you know, they shouldn't really be making jokes about. Sexual <laughs> assault, not really Jesus. a good topic, but yeah. we, we got past that part. <laughs> Jesus. How was it? It's mostly. Shin Megami Tensei 5 is like what I'm focusing on right now. I love I'm um, almost done. Isn't Yakuza isn't Kiwami 2 in the 6 engine? It might be. I'm not 100% sure. I think I read that yeah, 2's in the 6 because 0 and 1 are in the same engine then they upgraded it and 6 and 2. Yeah, no, that would make sense actually. That would make a lot of sense. It really is a, a yeah, going back down to 3. Yeah. What do you, I loved 0 so much. Zero is amazing. Did you do Still the, probably my favorite, but... Did you do the little pony magazine stealth section? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Buying porn for a child. <laughs> that was a, a side mission. Now I need to play this game even more. I haven't played it. I've got it downloaded on Steam and I still haven't <laughs> played it. And now I definitely need to play it more. You have to sneak past glaring mothers to buy porn mm -hmm. from a vending machine that, because a child has asked you for it. How old's the kid in it? Excellent. 
Yeah. Not old. <laughs> and there's another time mission, totally spoiling it for you, where um, you, a guy is, thinks his, well, a schoolboy thinks his girlfriend is cheating on him. So he goes and, so you have to kind of like follow his girlfriend and you find out that she's selling her used underwear to businessmen. I remember that one too. <laughs> wow. Yakuza is quite the thing at it, times. Yeah, I've played Kiwami 1 and there were some missions in that that were very like cross-dressing and, and really awkward things that just would not fly, I guess, in the West at least mm. nowadays. And obviously Japan is very different. Um, have you played Like a Dragon though? Because I, I haven't yet. No, I really, really want to play that because I love that that idea of it being a Yakuza game, like you say, with the silly and the serious, but then thrown mm-hmm. into a JRPG. And from what I understand, it has a lot of JRPG references in it. Oh yeah, loads. I've played a fair bit, and I didn't really like it because it was just yeah. I love it. I don't love an old JRPG as much as the people who created that game did. I think mm. I like modern. JRPGs with all their, you know, the the quality of life upgrades, which they decided to get rid of for like a dragon to make it more kind of authentic, which is great for some. But I'm I'm gonna switch to Judgment. Have you played any Judgment, Tony? Not yet. I plan to, but yeah. Oh. And Shin Megami Tensei, um, as you're speaking to two fans of Persona Five, at least, mm-hmm. um, should we play that as well? Yes, um, I would argue gameplay-wise, I would argue it's better. Um, the battle system is better. Interesting. The the, flow, the the gameplay flow, I feel like, is just better. Um, the only thing is, like, you have to go in understanding that um, it's a game about atmosphere and concepts rather than a game about characters. Like, you can't go in and expect a lot of character interaction and a lot of story although there are like some story beats that happen that are very interesting and really kind of kick the game up a little bit but it's more about exploration and and kind of understanding that like um you know the way we kind of came up with it on my stream to describe it is the persona games you're trying to prevent the bad thing from happening in the main games the bad thing has already happened and you're dealing with like the consequences of that which typically translates to there's a far there's far less people around to interact with. Most of <laughs> them are already gone. Poor thing. Makes sense. What makes the battle system better then? Uh, it just I don't even know how to describe it really, but um, the way all the systems kind of work together, like fusing demons, is a lot of fun, and I think the fusion is better than it was in Persona Five, like the the Persona fusions. The way you can basically build anything in SMT5 to be viable is really cool. Uh, Like, you don't have to give up an early game demon just because you feel like they're not good anymore. Like, you can actually make them good now, which is something you could never do in the previous games to this degree. Um, And, like, the battles are fast. They're fast, but they're really challenging, especially I've been playing through on hard mode. I was going to say, uh, you do like a hard, hard That's something I, yeah, I do. That is something I pretty much always do. If there's a hard mode option, I usually I usually take it. Um, and this relate. is one of those hard modes where it's like, you can go on hard, and we, we give you the option to switch back to normal. But if you do, you can't switch back to hard again. 
So it's like you're you're committed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of strategy. Like I've been playing severely, not severely, but I've been playing under leveled for probably about a third of the game now. So every big boss fight is all about finding that strategy to make it work. And uh, I felt like Persona 5 didn't have a lot of challenge, especially the bosses. They were all kind of based around like a gimmick or telling sort of the story around the boss fight. And I felt like a lot of the time the game just gave it to you. And like boss fights should be the big challenges. Like they're, they're, they're the tests. Persona 5, I never got that, that impression. That's fair. Mm. I think that's fair. Are you looking but then to... I think Sorry. for me, when the game is so long, I'm like, I, I don't want to get stuck on a bit for, for ages. I'm like, it's already a challenge True. finishing it and finding the time. <laughs> that's something with Persona 5 for me. Like I switched to safe mode because I was like, I just want to rush through this a bit. I switched to safe mode and it was just too easy. And then it wouldn't let me go back to easy mode. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm not playing anymore on safe mode. Cause, yeah. I'll I'll play it when it comes to Switch. Okay, so never. Yeah, maybe, yeah. well, maybe when we when maybe <laughs> we talk about the direct, maybe it was announced on the direct. Who knows? Oh, Apparently, Straitlaw in the chat says watching Annie play Underleveled is really impressive. Coming up with strats and trying to guess what the enemy is going to do. Never seen someone play a game like that, and I love it. What with with skill, Straitlaw. <laughs> Never yeah, seen. Been a fan. Thanks, Straitlaw. Ah. <laughs> oh. Nice. What about you, Ed? What have you been splitting with your time? So I mentioned it last week and I finally finished it this week and that's Uncharted Lost Legacy uh, on PlayStation 5, um, which I overall enjoyed. It is, I think I said last time, it's it's kind of the, the Mars Morales of the Uncharted series. It's got much more interesting protagonist. Um, it's much shorter. It's better paced. Um, I think the only thing that eventually really irritated me about it is that the Uncharted series stumbles a little bit when it comes to combat. Mm. Um, and this has a lot less combat in it. It's much more puzzle focused. It feels much more like a Tomb Raider game in a lot of ways, um, which I really, really enjoy. But it means then when the combat does come in, it sticks out as being uh, like this annoying difficulty spike. And the thing with Uncharted is that it gives you this fantasy of being in an action film and to make that work it needs to flow and the final sequence in lost legacy for instance is this sort of call back to the second game it's on a train you're jumping on and off it as it's moving like there's all this stuff going on it's really really impressive but the problem is is that suddenly you have to do gunplay and it's not quite accurate and then people are around you and like they throw loads of enemies at you just to make it difficult and you end up dying every 30 seconds and it's just it really interrupts the flow of this sort of action scene that you're playing and so it's it's almost like you're you're in a film but the director's like shouting cut every 30 seconds and making you do it again um and it just really kind of stunted the flow of the game for me because I really wanted it to be this really cool crescendo up to the end and a big powerful ending. And then it just kind of stumbled a bit and irritated me. Um, but I got there in the end, eventually. Uh, and that was a normal mode, not hard. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I, uh, that I, that I finally got to play that because it's a game I wanted to play for a very long time. Um, I've also been playing some Arceus, uh, which again, we talked a lot about last week. Um, I'm enjoying it. I kind of get what you mean, Annie. It's sort of a little bit repetitive. Um, 
but I'm also purposely trying not to just rush through the story. So I'm sort of taking my time doing lots of battles and leveling up and things like that. Um, and it feels really fun. I'd say that it definitely, um, it feels more challenging than previous games. Mm. Um, I think anyway. Um, I think with the sort of agile and strong style of the combat and things like that, it feels like it's an extra little wrinkle in the battle system that seems to be making it a little bit trickier. Um, but I quite appreciate a little bit more challenge. Molly says, what Pokemon is not repetitive? You'd literally only catch Pokemon, no? Wow. You do also run around some fields, yeah. as Threadle says. <laughs> and there's a story in there, which I haven't got super into, but it's quite cute. It's quite cute. I feel like it's got more it's of a there. story than other ones. Well, it's ones <laughs> I've played. Yeah, exactly. Are there any games coming out that you're looking forward to? Are you going to be playing next week? Well, there's another game that I think we've both been playing that I know that you are oh. going to be putting on... Well, we're going to be doing a little quick look of... <gasps> yes. Which is Ollie Ollie World. Yeah. Which is a really, really fun little skateboarding game. Um, and, I mean, I played like the Tony Hawk games back in the day um, when I yes, had I a skater boy moment for like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I even like jeans Dave- and my hoodie and my emo... Was it Dave Mirror's BMX or something like that as yes, well? Yes, I love that Mirror's one as well. BMX. Not quite as good as Tony Hawk, but it was still good fun. Yeah, it was Tony well, Hawk. You sacrificed two wheels. It wasn't going to be, it had to be half as good, right? Exactly. Yeah. We got big exactly. Yeah. Um, like that, that um, Tony Hawk one got me into Goldfinger because of that Superman track that I think was used in the trailer for that game. And it just, really. anyway, as soon as I hear that song, it reminds me of that game. Um, but Ollie Ollie World is nothing like no. those Tony Hawk games. It's like it's this sort of almost like a side-scrolling platformer in a way. Um, but you're uh, but you're skateboarding, and it is just really silly. It's really bright and colourful. It's really inclusive, really LGBT friendly, mm-hmm. um, which is lovely. Um, and there's loads of customizations, so you can um just create your own character however you want them to be and you collect all these items and things so you can really have a lot of fun and play with the characterization in it but it also plays really well as well it's just it's fun the controls are a little fiddly um you sort of basically just have been flick, really yeah you sort of flick the left stick to do different tricks in different directions and then you have to sort of grind and wall run and it's like i say it's sort of like a platformer to get to the end of the level and that in itself is one challenge and then there's all these other challenges that they throw in for high scores and collecting things along the way and it's just so well made it's really 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 fun it reminds me of the celeste in the way that like you die you go straight to the start again i like there was one level that i did oh must have done it about 30 40 times before getting to the end and it didn't feel like a chore whatsoever because i was like I literally could, so I didn't realize that you can go to a checkpoint. Uh, yes. I thought you had to restart every single time. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> but you can go back to the checkpoint, but I never went to the back to the checkpoint because I was like, no, no, I want to run. I want to go from the start to the finish without dying on each of these levels. So I was doing that. And yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, there's a, there'll be an area where you need to have a certain amount of speed, otherwise you're not going to make it and trying to work out how to get that. So this is definitely, there's definitely some strategy in it and there's some skill and yeah, working that joystick. Oh, my my thumb is uh, you know can bend in like eight different ways now. Uh, trying to do these tricks, and wow. it's uh, yeah, I know it's quite wow. quite the thing, uh, quite the talent. But I'm um, yeah, I'm loving it as well. Exactly, it's just... right. Flick and grind, flick and grind. 
<laughs> that's what the game is all about. It is really, really cool. I I love it. I wonder if they'll ever go off their 2D way. I wonder if they'll ever make a 3D one. Well, this is the this is the third Oli Oli game. The first one was it the first one that won a BAFTA? Or was it the second? I can't remember. But it won like best sports game in the year that it came out at the, at the BAFTAs um, in, in the UK yeah. and beat out loads of other like massive games. Um, this one has expanded it slightly in that it has a more 3D look to it. Um, and there's different pathways you can take. So it sort of, sort of comes in and out of the screen a little bit. Um, but yeah, who knows what they will do next. It's just nice to have a skateboarding game that isn't, kind of a bit bro culture like yeah. like the Tony Hawk's games were fun but they were very very that um and I think it's been a long time since a really good extreme sports game has come out um was it Ubisoft that did the one of the mountain oh steep that's the one yeah that was all right but just like a lot of yeah that's the opposite that's the absolute opposite because that was a I mean photorealistic it was gorgeous but Oh, the amount of time you had to kind of spend going somewhere or trying to get up and changing what you're wearing and walking up a mountain, that just cannot be bothered. Just let me restart yeah. and play it straight away. Yeah. And this is quick, it's snappy, it's colorful, it's bright. It's like it's it's like a new generation of uh, <clears throat> of extreme sports and skateboarding, which is great. And it represents where the sport has gone to, which is having, you know, more non-binary representation and things like that in the sport now. Um, which is also in the, in the latest Tony Hawk games. But yeah, it's super inclusive and super fun. Mm. Yeah, we've got Lebsians in about the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, exactly. And there's a, a guy called Dad in it. And he's like, yeah, I was named after my father. Which is, <laughs> that, that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much silly humor. It's yeah, great. It really is. Are you, um, are you a skateboarder, Annie? Were you a skateboarder? No, can't say I ever was. I played t- the Tony Hawk games. They were fun. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Bali Oli World, I definitely recommend picking it up if you can. If you're not really interested in it, I, it just feels like a game that's definitely going to be on Game Pass one day. Or it's not going to be full priced at some point. Because <clears> it is a lot of fun. And uh, there's like, yeah, the, I've liked the progression. I'm like about two hours in and I'm still doing tutorials. How far? Oh, that long world is, uh, that first world is long. But then long you go, you're doing tutorials in the second world as well. Yeah, well, it slowly increases. I don't. I think you're further than I am, but it slowly increases sort of your skills and techniques and introduces things to you, yeah. um, which is nice because it is. It's a bit fiddly at first, but once it clicks, yeah, it really does become about sort of high. Yeah, you know, all all about getting that high score. But mm-hmm. it's it's a skateboarding game for people that don't necessarily like skateboarding because it, like I say, it feels like a colourful platformer. It just happens to be on a skateboard. Yeah. Um, Mel says, "What game? This is Oli Oli World. Oli Oli World. It came out uh, a couple of days ago, but yeah, we will be doing a quick look, and that will be out uh, hopefully this weekend." There you go. <clears throat> All right, we'll, we'll hold you to that now, Ben. Well, gotta find some free time for you. I'm free. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we go into what's been splitting headlines? Let's. Um, so we were talking about. Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West is out next Friday. Uh, And earlier today, there was a PlayStation blog that detailed all of the accessibility features, which is lovely. We love to see that. And it does show that with all of their games, Sony are really pushing accessibility options. We saw it in The Last of Us. We saw it in Ratchet & Clank. 
Um, we're seeing it now in this, at least in their first party ones. Let's let's ignore some of the other ones that are all very difficult. Um, <laughs> Return on. <laughs> Return on Sifu. Let's not go there mm-hmm. today. Um, save Sifu another, for another day. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, they're adding in loads of different features, various sort of visual things, auditory things. Um, they're also adding in a co-pilot system, which I thought was really interesting, um, which is they've done in conjunction with some... Um, uh, sort of visually impaired um, specialists. Um, the idea being that you can have a co-pilot there with their own controller with the same control. So you can basically control the game together. Um, and for, um, you know, people who who are blind or, or you know, are visually impaired, um, having a co-pilot there is, uh, is a way for them to be able to play the game uh, you know, in a completely different way. And I don't think I've seen that option in a game before, um, at least not in a first-party Sony game. Um, so I thought that was really great that they're adding that in. Um, there's also lots of different custom difficulty settings. Um, so things like, as you will know, Ben, um, you have to knock off the parts of the enemies to collect the loot from them. Yeah. And if you don't knock them off before you kill them, you don't get to collect it. But in easy mode and story mode in this, and you can do it in the custom difficulty, there's now an easy loot system where it just automatically grabs all the loot from enemies when you kill them. Oh, so I was you looking don't have for to that worry perk. about knotting them all off. I want that as a perk. I was, yeah, I'm literally playing the other one. And that's one thing I'd love. That's one thing I actually like about Assassin's Creed is there is a perk where you can, if you assassinate somebody, you automatically loot them. And I just need that from a Horizon game as well, because I don't think you can on the original. Well, you can in the new one. I don't want to hold so down buttons. I want to move on. <laughs> so, yes. So, basically, great news. Lots more people are going to be able to play it, which is lovely. Um, we've had lots of financials recently, um, various bits and pieces, um, which we won't bore you with because that's numbers. But GTA Five has now shifted since, uh, since November, has shifted another 5 million copies. Which means in total, GTA Five has sold 160 million copies. I thought Metroid Dread has sold two million, and they're whooping and cheering. Yeah, <laughs> that's high for a Metroid game. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's one thing. Um, that's actually one thing that my favorite thing that came out in the Switch thing. Easy mode. We'll get there. I'm oh, we'll sorry. There. Um, so basically, GTA Five. I mean, it already was, um, but still is the second highest selling game ever, mm. according to the Wikipedia article that I have open. Okay. Um, do you know what the number one is? Minecraft. Indeed. Ooh. Minecraft has 238 million sales. I bought three of them. <laughs> Four, Thank actually. Thank you for your contribution. Yeah. yeah. You want here. Switch. I've got it on Xbox, got it on Microsoft, and I also got the Java one. Well, slow clap for you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, do you know what else is in the top five? PUBG. It is. That's number five. Mm. Tetris. Correct. However, that's number three, but it's specifically the mobile version um, from EA. Mm. But the Nintendo version on the Game Boy is number 10. Oh. Any ideas, Annie, for the, for, the for the fourth one? I'm thinking probably like Wii Sports, but that's a weird one because it was a pack-in. But you are absolutely correct. 
Did we just get the top five? Look at you did. You literally just got the top five. Well done. But yeah, it, it's it's cheeky because it was a pack-in, so it, it goes with the hardware sales. But yeah, there you go. Top I mean, Minecraft was a pack-in on my Xbox. I got a Series S Minecraft edition. That's how cool I am. A gamer. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Cheaper than, um, it was actually cheaper than the normal one. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> cheaper to come. It came free. Yeah, it came with, uh, with Minecraft, and it was cheaper than the the thing on its own <laughs> um but as gta okay. 5 keeps selling gta 6 is is in active development uh confirmed by rockstar that it is well underway Shakara. now what that means in terms of actually when it's out who knows we still don't have any more details about it but it's nice to know that they have officially confirmed that it's being made because of course it is <laughs> yeah no yeah, one would have ever guessed it is what about red dead redemption 3 <laughs> some concept art maybe yeah maybe maybe um assassin's creed mm. there's more in the works there is. um i'm sure that there'll be another huge game that no one will want to finish in you know sometime soon however it's been reported um that they are working on a smaller game that is going to be based around the character of basim who is in valhalla Ooh. and it's only going to be 75 hours i've heard yeah, smaller game. So that's yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, Quite it's going to be a little, a little smaller standalone title that will basically fill the gap between now and whatever their next game is. Yeah. Oh. So if you want more Assassin's Creed, there is more coming. No. Oh, I loved Valhalla so much, and then I just got, I was like, oh, oh what's the fucking point? It's just <laughs> never ever going to finish. Oh. Exactly. And I got like. And then I remember thinking, this is never going to finish. And I looked at how far I was in the game and I was not even halfway. And I was like, you know what? I'm deleting this. Do you an actual Valhalla before you finish the game? <laughs> I really will be, yeah. <laughs> oh, hear me. Um, Sims 4. Yes. Um, which I know a lot of people in chat enjoy. Um, there is a new wedding-themed pack coming, um, which in itself is lovely. And um, it comes with like a sort of storyline mode in it. And as part of that, there is a same-sex marriage between two women, which is lovely. We love to see that. I've got a However, friend. I've actually got a friend in Russia who wants to play this. Well, unfortunately, I read unfortunately, your I read your article earlier. <laughs> um, basically, the game is because of this is not coming out in Russia, um, which actually I, I think ultimately is the right decision because their options were either we sort of water it down to make a game that is palatable globally, um, which therefore probably wouldn't have included this, or we're going to stick to our guns. We're going to say, we believe in this and we're just not going to release it in countries that don't believe it, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, you know, they, the, the two women uh, in the game are Dom and Cam, and they've said their love story reflects the lived experiences of so many members of our community and team. As we move through our development and brand storytelling process, we became aware that they wanted to, the way we wanted to tell Cam and Dom's story would not be something we could freely share around the world. The ability to tell stories, any story, is at the core of what we do at The Sims. Holding back Cam and Dom's story meant compromising the values we live by. We are committed to the freedom to be who you are, to love who you love, and tell the stories you want to tell. Good for them. Preach. Um, so yeah, screw Russia. Um, <laughs> and lastly, 
the rights for the Lord of the Rings films and games are up for grabs. Who would you like to take it? Well, what everyone is basically saying is, are Amazon going to buy this? Because they've got Mm. the TV show coming out. And if they have these rights, that means that they can then make a game based on the TV show. Amazon games are pushing stuff at the moment. So it seems obvious. Um, The rights are apparently worth over $2 billion. So it's going to have to be a massive company. Microsoft. (laughs) Amazon seems like the logical choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As long as whoever buys it doesn't make NFTs with it, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Have Amazon done any NFTs yet? I mean, I don't think so. I think I feel like it did take too much of a hit to their image (laughs) than what they'd actually make from NFTs. Their image is so good now; they need to maintain it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wonder what though. Yeah. Imagine. Oh, imagine if they just cancelled New World and made a like Lord of the Rings based one. I forgot that game existed. (laughs) Yeah, I think most people have done. (laughs) Ah, and that new Um, arc came out. Was it Lost Ark? Lost Ark. Yeah, that came out. Which is doing huge numbers on Steam already, yeah. Um, and that's before it's even fully out, um, which was another news story, but I didn't bring it up. Um, the game is out tomorrow; it's free to play. But there are founders packs, which is a paid version, and so many people are already buying that mm. that Steam literally broke earlier in the week, or at least buckled mm. under the weight of people trying to uh, to download it quickly. I do get the impression, and I looked, and I looked, I could see people enjoying it. I get the impression it might be kind of nobody talks about it in a couple of weeks. It seems grindy. Um, it seems that fans of Diablo will really appreciate it. From what I've heard, it's doing a lot of things that people wanted Diablo to do years ago. Mm. Um, and considering Diablo 4 has now been delayed for however long with all the blizzard acquisition stuff um there's basically a bit of a hole for a diablo like game and this seems to be filling that hole melam says who do you want to make the lord of the rings games though from software i want <laughs> yeah. dark souls lord of the rings that would be cool I don't remember who made it but there was a, a Lord of the Rings game. I think it was on like the GameCube and the PlayStation 2. And it played suspiciously like Final Fantasy X. Whoever made that, I want you to make more games. Ed is like, wait, It literally has like the Final Fantasy X battle system where you have like the turn order up in the corner. And yeah. I Did you not know this? this game existed, Ed? No. <laughs> is there a Blitzball type uh, minigame in no, there? No, there's no Blitzball thing. <laughs> With an arc head. <laughs> I was going to do with an orc head throwing it around in the water. Great. I'd love that. Oh. Um, 15 points if you get it in Soren's eye. <laughs> that's the goal. Uh, yeah, going back to what Lost Ark um, Cap says, uh, he's been enjoying it for a few years because it's been out in Korea, right? For a while? Yes. Uh, I think it was 2018. It's been out in, I believe, Russia, Japan, and Korea. It's a Korean developer originally. So basically, Amazon Games have picked it up to publish it in the West. Nice. So I feel like there is already a big fan base because of that, and that's part of the reason why it's already seeming to be so big in the West. Mm. Um, equally, I don't know, people... I mean, it's been huge on Twitch, for instance. It's had huge, huge numbers of people streaming it. But how many are fans from the East who already have played it, and how many are new fans from the West? I don't know. 
exciting. I might, so, are you going to give it a go? It's free. It's free. You might as well. Yeah. Might as well a double. I doubled in New World for a little bit, and that wasn't free. <laughs> I probably won't, but it's not really my kind of game, honestly. Yeah. Cap yeah. calls them bandwagoners. Oh, not real fans, says Cap. Get him, Cap. Get him. this gatekeeping. Yeah. Not real. <laughs> You're not a real Lost Ark fan. You didn't play it when it was only in Korean. <laughs> How's your Korean, Cap? Cap's, Cap's now fluent Cap in Korean. walked all the way to Korea to actually get the game. It's, yeah. like his, it's like his Friday night wrestling entrance. Just cap <laughs> moving that slowly. Uh, <laughs> I played in Russian, decapped. Oh, yeah. of course. Of course. How much there, did was, you... there, was no, there was no gay romance in that version. How much did you understand? Yet. <laughs> Next story. That was good. That, that was actually pretty good. Thank I'll you. give you that. <laughs> that was, I was impressed. Thank you. I was trying to think of a tattoo reference, but I was like, I can't do that. Uh, um, anyway, there was one big other story. This all the week. things he said in chat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, there was one big story this week, which we're going to talk about because it's been splitting opinions. <gasps> and that is the Nintendo Direct, which was <laughs> yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which is always a big event. It's always... Fun to speculate what's going to be happening. It's fun to dissect what was <laughs> actually there. Um, and this one seemed to be pretty good on the whole. Uh, it, oh, you always I get, it. Yeah, you always get people whenever there's a direct coming out. I mean, you get the uh, fools that are just like, I only want Breath of the Wild. And then when Breath of the Wild isn't in there, or Breath of the Wild 2 isn't in there, they go, well, that was terrible. Because I just wanted this one thing and I didn't get it. Yeah, and then you yeah. get some, and I feel like some directs that were definitely... They definitely cater to certain people and some directs cater to other people. Like I think yesterday's direct, there were a lot of games there that really appealed to me. Whereas I've had a direct in the past where I've gone, oh, that was terrible uh, for me. Like I wasn't interested in a single game and people in, in Twitter, on Twitter are just raving about it. So yeah, I, I, I mean, this direct obviously was for Annie. It was Annie. Annie, what were your thoughts overall? Um, I, I really enjoyed the direct. Um, it would have been nice to see like one of the, the, the heavy hitters that being like Zelda basically, but also I'm a little bit surprised we didn't see Bayonetta three. Like, I think the three heavy hitters right now are, are Zelda Metroid prime four and Bayo three. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd see at least one of them and we didn't, but that's fine because they backed it up with a lot of other interesting stuff. Um, one thing I think that kind of goes under the radar a little bit is this the the Mario Kart thing, which gives us a hint that like maybe the Switch's lifespan is not as close to its end as we thought, because they said they're going to be supporting that game through the end of 2023 with with packs. And it's like, are are we seriously going to be on this hardware for another two years? <laughs> well, they had the um financial uh earnings call like pretty mm-hmm. recently like was it last week i think and i think it was they, last week yeah yeah and they said uh during that that they are halfway through the switch's lifespan wow, it's already are... been what five five, five years? years yeah five years next month yeah yeah so they've said that they're, they're only halfway through and you're right i mean this shows that they they definitely see the sort of longevity of the console um i think the interesting thing with mario kart is that 
it's as much a business decision as it is a content decision mm-hmm. in that it is, you know, the fact that they've tied it in with Nintendo Switch Online. Um, yeah. They, you know, they know how many people have bought that game. They know how many people they want to get paying for the online expansion. This is the perfect way to do it because people yeah. want more content for that. And the Get fact that they are doling that out slowly over two years, that's however many people subscribing every month, bringing in even yeah. more money. So they're going to drag that out as long as they possibly can to basically try and get everyone's money. They've got nearly 40, I think it's around 44 million copies of that game sold. Like it's the best selling yeah. Switch game by a pretty decent margin. And that's not quite half of the Switch install base, but it's very close right now. So, And if you can get half of those people onto the expansion pack just to get the new courses, then like, yeah, I think that's like a business win. <laughs> for sure. I mean, we, we talked about the, the, you know, the best-selling games earlier. Um, number seven on that list is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's, now that includes, it includes Wii U and Switch. So it's mm-hmm. both versions but it's like almost 52 million copies. Oh, the Wii. So the Wii U version sold eight or nine million. Yeah. <laughs> that's almost one for, that's like two for every Wii U user. That's actually quite impressive. Yeah, exactly. I um, wonder what you say. Yeah, they'll, do, they'll keep bringing stuff out and stuff, but I wonder at what point they do bring out a new one and just because it'll be, I imagine it'll be fully backwards compatibility. So will they then just keep adding to that, or would they bring out a new one then? What would that's a, what, tough a, new, thing. a new Mario Kart? Yeah, or would they just? I mean, this one looks really. This one looks fine. These new maps, are those these new courses, they did look a little bit dodgy in parts, didn't they? We looked at them and thought, okay, they're good, but they're not as detailed as they were as like the actual eight deluxe tracks are. But we found out why, didn't you? Had a look. Well, I, I've seen online, and it seems as if they are basically remastered versions of the tracks from Mario Kart Tour which is the mobile game. Um, so what they're doing is, I, I mean, I haven't actually played Maricot Tour. I haven't heard wonderful things about it, um, but I think that that is versions of, of tracks from all the different games, and they're taking those versions and bringing them over. So mm. I don't think it's, they're not built from the ground up necessarily like the original Maricot 8 tracks are. Um, that said... It's nice that they're also bringing across games from uh, tracks from Tor because I think not that many people have necessarily played that. And so whilst they're saying we're bringing across classic tracks, um, you know, they're also bringing across ones from Tor that are going to be new for a lot of people. Mm. So it's not just, oh, here are a load of SNES and N64 ones. It's uh, here are ones from the mobile game as well, which will be new for, for, for a lot of people. Um, so that's great. Are you going to play the mobile game? Well, I don't no. need to now. Do does it you? make you want? To, does it make you want to play it? No, no. no. <laughs> I think it uses. Mo- I think I played it for like a minute, and it uses motion controls. And I was like, this on my phone. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, this yeah. is not for me. This is not for me. No. Um, what we thought we would do was we would just go through and pick out individually our sort of top two or so announcements, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that we are most excited about. Um, Annie, let's start with you. Okay. Um... Obviously, we know this Direct was full of JRPG stuff, and it's hard for me to narrow it down, but I think the two biggest ones for me, and I'm actually going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take Chrono Cross and put it aside as, like, that was really cool, and it is nice that we're getting the, the Radical Dreamers' first ever English release, mm-hmm. 
But on the subject of first ever English releases, Live Alive getting mm. not just a, a release in the West, but like a full remake. That is one of those, I could never have predicted that in a million years. <laughs> I could never have predicted this fairly obscure, like that is an obscure square title. There's no other way to put it. That is an obscure, obscure, <laughs> where, okay, obscure. It's an obscure title. That's what it's it an is. Square title. Um. We're going to go with that. Mm. Um, and that game, like, I think we kind of said yesterday a little bit that like kind of Octopath Traveler vibes looking at it. So the interesting thing about Live Alive is it's like seven scenarios and then like an eighth scenario that kind of ties it all together. But every scenario plays differently as well. Like it's not just minor edits to like what the characters can do. Like they all sort of have their own own gameplay style that kind of works with that character that it focuses on. And it kind of goes through, it goes through time periods um, so it's not like Octopath where everything's happening all at once. This is kind of, it's almost like a chronology. And it's one of those very unique games that I played when I was younger. I played a fan translation of it. Never have gone back and play, played it again. Have always kind of wanted to. And now that's, for a lot of people, I mean, for most people, this is going to be their first ever chance at experiencing this game. And for something that came out nearly 30 years ago, I think that's really interesting and i think the switch is well it might not even i'm wondering if it'll be switch exclusive because we did later learn like with chrono cross that that's not just coming to the switch yeah. that's ps4 that's steam etc as well yeah i also saw because people who were looking at it going like "Ooh, that text and stuff is a bit dodgy but apparently you can change between you can switch between old graphics and new ones i wonder if that'll include old text as well do you mean on chrono cross yeah uh, correct. You can choose good. between two different texts. Okay, good, good because it looked like it looked like phone, like it looked like mobile game text. Yeah. It looked like the Final Fantasy, like um, uh, like mobile port text, which yeah. is always something that turned me off from ever trying those mobile ports. A lot actually. of people complained about the text in uh, in those ports, but yeah, you can alternate between the HD uh, text and the pixel text. Just as you can okay. alternate between the new graphics and the old graphics, we're oh, also adding it. Just while we're on Connor Cross, they're adding in new music um, and or rescored music. Uh, there's new concept art, um, and just for for all the uh, um, Raiders Europeans, oh. <laughs> welcome Raiders, <laughs> um, welcome Raiders for all the Europeans as well. Um, this will mark the first time that Chrono Cross has officially been released in Europe. Um, yeah. which is partly why I'm really excited about it because I've never got to play it and I really, really wanted to um, and without you know going online and finding a dodgy port somewhere. Um, this is the first time you can officially play it in Europe. And so with That's that, so they're cool. also bringing out localization for French, German, uh, Italian and Spanish. Um, so you know, this is a proper global release for this game, which mm-hmm. per- I personally think is why it's so exciting because there's a huge audience that just haven't played this game before. Yeah, it's well-deserved. Chrono Cross is one of my favorite RPGs of all time, actually. I, I recently replayed it on stream, and that very much cemented that, like, this game is... It's it's one of a kind. It really is, because you can't even really compare it to Chrono Trigger. It's a sequel that went a completely different direction and took a lot of chances. And you don't see that a lot nowadays, but old-school Square had that kind of ability (laughs) 
PlayStation One SquareSoft was was something else. But <laughs> the other the other big game for me, um, okay. and I'm kind of split. So just because we were talking about Live Alive, I was just looking, and apparently every single different uh, story, because you said there were seven stories, mm-hmm. um, they're all handled by different manga artists in Japan. Mm-hmm. I read, which made it. Uh, I wonder if they're cool. going to keep that with the, you know, with the remake. Yeah, like different styles, uh, like art styles. That'd be cool. Mm. Sorry, you're saying the the other one you were. Uh... Yeah, um, I do. I do want to give like a tiny little like nod at uh, the new Mario Strikers game because I love those games. They were some of the funnest sports games back in the day. I used to play the Wii one all the time, and it was so fun. Uh, so I look forward to that. But um, and this is because it was like the big game I wanted announced yesterday. I said, okay, I want to see what Monolith Soft is working on, whether it's a new IP or whether it's Xenoblade 3. And they hit me with Xenoblade 3. Um, immediately in that trailer, I'm like, is there anyone better at environmental design in video games than, than right? Monolith Soft right now? They just make the coolest looking expanses. Like their worlds just have this unique style to them that I don't think like any other dev matches right now. And it looks, I don't want to speculate on what they're going to do story-wise with the game, but it looks like they're taking nods from both one and two and making like kind of like allusions to certain characters and nods at certain characters. And it looks really great. It's going to be another JRPG that will consume countless hours of my life. I still need to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2 now that I think about it, but when you've been playing these games as long as I have, you you kind of understand. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I got to put in the time eventually. <laughs> and it was a really, I think it was the right game to end on too, where they didn't have one of the other big, big games ready to show. I, think I thought Xenoblade that was, that was a really interesting right choice because choice. It, it, it shows how much sort of confidence and trust they have in the Xenoblade series now. Yeah. Well, if you think about Soft how is... big Mario Kart is, and mm-hmm. you'd think, oh, surely they're going to end on a big Mario Kart announcement. But no, they ended on Xenoblade, which is which shows that they're trusting that. And, and Monolith is like, they're a, they're a big deal for Nintendo right now. Because not only do they develop like the Xenoblade series, they are also like a part developer on Breath of... They were a part developer on Breath of the Wild. And they're a part developer on the sequel as well. Um, like they're a second party Nintendo dev. They're owned by nintendo but they're not fully integrated as like one of nintendo's home studios the the ead studios but they're basically a nintendo studio at this point and they have definitely shown like they've definitely earned their keep um especially on the switch like xenoblade 2 great game i've heard great things about the dlc they put out the re the remaster for the original game the definitive edition that's great They've got another game in development and then helping on the Breath of the Wild series. Like, yeah, they are they are definitely doing really good work for Nintendo right now. And hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, I, I read that this new one, they're trying to make it so that if you haven't played the others in the series, you can still jump in and enjoy this. Okay. But I am panicked that I'm thinking I've got until September to play one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about halfway through, I think, well, maybe not actually halfway through, I'm about a third of the way through the definitive edition on Switch, and it is brilliant. It is such mm-hmm. a, it's oh, a great it's a story. 
I did switch it down to easy uh, because it did kick my ass at a fair few times. And I was like, I kind of just want to play through it and enjoy it. Because even on easy mode, it's not really easy. It's, uh, it's still mm -hmm. a little bit of a challenge at times, especially if you're kind of sticking to the main story and not grinding. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. And you're right. It's even though this is, well, what was it previously on 3DS? Um, or DS was it DS or 3DS? It came out on 3DS, the... I think. Uh, 3DS, but the original, the original version is oh, Wii. Wii. That's right, yeah. The because I got it on no, I think I got it on you could only play it, I believe, on the new 3DS, right? Like it had yeah. to be the upgraded one, which I got and then played a little bit and was like, okay, that's interesting, move on because I never used to finish games. And then, yeah, this one I've actually sat down and played it and it's brilliant. And it also it looks incredible, yeah, even though it's a game, yeah, that used to be on the Wii. It's obviously been remastered and stuff, but just being... It shows how much power there is there of the Switch. And this is a game that's remastered as well. I mean, I've also mm -hmm. played a little... I played about you know, six, seven hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I'll end up going back to once I finish this one. Um, and yeah, that one looks stunning. So I'm really excited about the third one. Nice. Ben, what stuck out for you? Well, as I am a sports gay, uh, <laughs> I loved all the sports games that they announced. My... Yeah, I mean, my main one is um, the the tennis and golf and whatever other games are in the Wii Sports. Oh, Nintendo Switch sports. sports. That's the one. Is it called Switch Sports? Gotcha, yes. yeah, that one. Nintendo Switch Sports looks incredible. It looks so much fun, and that is kind of what I've been wanting. Uh, there were rumors that there was going to be like a 1-2 Switch sequel, and if this is it, then great, because I'm looking forward to... Um, I'm, I'm just... I got... I get a bit bored of beating everybody at Mario Kart. So now there are wow. other games that I can play to show off my wow. sports skills and uh, and beat the community while playing, you know, volleyball or football or bowling. Because I don't know Being anybody that's good at bowling. I'm going to ruin your hopes and dreams of that. <laughs> I just hope you know. I can't wait to go one-on-one -on -one with Annie bowling. <laughs> can't do it in person, thankfully. Because <laughs> she'll kick my ass. But I'm gonna have to just. Get I don't better. know how it took them this long to make this game. Actually, hmm. yeah, I, and I, it still I, feels I was thinking about that earlier because it it seems like surely they could have done this earlier. But then I guess they had one two switch early. They had Ring Fit as well as a sort mm -hmm. of yeah sportsy type thing. I think it's interesting, sort of the pricing of this. I believe it's like thirty quid. I think huh. um, in uh, in the UK at least. And I think considering it's so similar to Wii Sports, but that was a packing game, and now they're selling this separately as its own thing, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how it sells. I think um, it'll do well. <laughs> I think it will, um, but it does appear to have a lower price point, which is interesting. I'm also intrigued. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah when it comes out, whether it is rushed, because it does feel a bit rushed, the fact that they're not allowing the motion controls for kicking to be implemented until later and i think golf is getting added later as well yeah it's just a bit weird that they're adding what other game did they bring out and they added loads of stuff later and it was a bit too late for it uh i can't remember what it was it no it was um it was golf wasn't it didn't they add like yeah, they've added to the mario golf as well did they not have they did multiplayer? It with tennis as well too. Was it tennis that they didn't? One of them they didn't have multiplayer at the start, and then they added it later. And you're like, really? <laughs> Could have really kept. I think that. that was tennis. I'm pretty sure golf. I'm pretty sure the Super Golf launched with the. Yeah. With multiplayer. It does feel a bit yeah like weird when they release stuff and go okay we'll add the golf later. So, <laughs> okay, I mean sure, great, get it out and get let us play it straight away. But 
Really? <laughs> You're just like missing a whole mode. about tennis anyway. Yeah. Who plays golf anyway? Yeah. Um, but apart from that, there's another... I mean, obviously, I'm very excited to play Metroid Dread now. Now there's going to be a... I'm excited for you. Rocky mode. Ben mode. It'll probably <laughs> still kick my ass, I'm sure. Um, I mean, just on that, so there's a rookie mode, but the headline that they're really going for is dread mode, where it's like one hit and Samus dies. Yeah. Why would anyone want to play that? I just uh, don't understand why that would be fun in any way. So I've already seen somebody do a damageless playthrough of Metroid Dread before this existed. And how stressed were they? There, <laughs> like it, it's quite incredible. Mm. Uh, but now. Somehow, like, an, a one-hit death mode almost makes that feel... That kind of takes the novelty out of a damageless run to me. I don't know why, it just kind of does. Mm. Um, it's certainly an extreme level of difficulty. Um, it doesn't always... I, I feel like that kind of level of difficulty doesn't work very well. Like, Near Automata has that as its very hard mode, and I just... I don't know, I don't see the appeal of, of, of one-touch death. I think the rookie mode is definitely the better difficulty thing they're incorporating, but it's cool that they did both. Yeah. True. But I, yeah, I think there's, ugh, there's been so many calls for that game to be more accessible and people moaning mm -hmm. that it's too hard that I think it's great that they've added in a rookie mode, but I think that, okay, I get they've called it dread mode and it's the name of the game. So sure. But adding in rookie mode, I think is much more of a headline feature that they should have gone. With. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I'm and I'll, you know, just waiting for returnal now. To bring out their rookie mode and uh, Elden Ring. Can't wait for those uh, two to have their Elden rookie Ring mode. has a rookie mode. It's called Summon Me and I will help you. <laughs> wow. I'm glad that everybody you've just offered then to help everybody in the chat. You're going to be busy, Ed. I know. <laughs> that, was, that was for Ben only. Oh. oh. I have time for everyone. Thank you. Um, well, think very highly of yourself if you're going to do that. The other one uh, that I look forward to, obviously... MLB the show. No, I don't give a shit about that. Um, okay, I was going to say, is this a, is this a bit? This no, has to be a bit. I'm looking forward to Carby and the Forgotten Land. Nice. Carby, the giant pink condom that will just, you know, you can stretch over anything. I was looking in forward to Kirby mouthful mode to yeah. begin with, but I don't know. It's what? it's it's silly. Like it definitely feels like it. It, it's weird, and I think that's that's part of you know, the 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 gaze. It's like, well, mouthful mode. That's pretty funny, mm. but it it it's a logical direction for Kirby. As weird as that is to say, like Kirby's always ate, you know had a big mouth and ate things. Like it makes mm. sense that he can do this. And it's great that they're playing off that. I think they're doing such a good job with the marketing because Kirby Star mm -hmm. Allies. I played a bit of Kirby Star Star Allies. In fact, I. I think I played it for like two and a half hours and nearly finished it. It was really, really short. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was great. It was just, but it was very, very easy. It's like kind of, it's just a game to play with your kid and they can pick up the yeah. controller and it make them feel like they're doing something, even though there's like, yeah, you can just press a few buttons and you're killing things. Um, <laughs> and it didn't feel like that got much attention. Now this is like turning out to be, you know, I, I imagine when this launches, everyone's going to be playing it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I've I've never played a Kirby game before. Um, I just never owned them, never had the chance. Although I did look on the Switch earlier, and it's got loads of Kirby games on the SNES. So I might have to go and play some Kirby's Dreamland. Um, so 
shout whichever one is the best one that I should I should go and play. Um, but because of that, I I'm really really excited about this new one. To me, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same engine or something as Mario Odyssey. It feels very Mario Odyssey esque. Mm-hmm. which is interesting in that I think Mario Odyssey is almost a Kirby game in that you're possessing enemies. It's just that you're doing it with a hat instead of sucking them up. Um, and now you suck them up instead. Um, so it feels very kind of Mario Odyssey in that it's all sort of come full circle. Um, but it looks super creative, colourful, vibrant, fun. Like, I, th- I think it, people might think... And gay. Um, I think people might, some people might think, oh God, it's just a Kirby game because Kirby games have, in recent years, as you sort of say, Ben, have been sort of kiddie games, really. And it's nice that this seems like it's going to be a bit more of a sort of, I don't want to say hardcore, a slightly more gamer game, um, mm-hmm. like a, a proper, nice platform Kirby game, something to get you, you know, your teeth stuck into. Um, or your mouth, I'm really mouth around. Or get your mouth around. There you go. <laughs> Can't wait to get my mouth around it. Do not stick the Kirby cartridge, though, in your mouth. Or the Switch. Or the Switch. Doesn't taste very good. Can you fit a whole Switch in your mouth? Well, can you fit the end of a Switch in your mouth? Go on, Ed. Try it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do, this. do it. Come on, Kirby. Ed B. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few people won't be able to stand up for a while. <laughs> Well, there we go. There's a new GIF. I only made a new one yesterday. Now we've got a new one. (laughs) Uh, Well, what actually is Kirby? They've never explained it. No. I don't know what Kirby is. I don't know what Kirby's pronouns are. It. It's implied there's at least... Well, Meta Knight is probably the same race as Kirby, but he doesn't do any of the Kirby stuff, so I don't know. Is he? Is he not? Also, those like fox... Corgi things are absolutely those are so adorable. adorable. Oh yeah, so oh, cute. So I want cute. one. I love there was a little delay, and I saw them, and I was like, "I'm just gonna see how Ed reacts to that." And yeah, <laughs> yeah, as expected. Huh. Um, for me, you've kind of stolen my my top ones, really. Um, mm, sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. It shows that things are popular. Um, you know, we talked about Chrono Cross. Like I say, that's the first time that's out in the in in Europe. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to play Earthbound. I can catch up with you, Annie. Um, because I still haven't played that. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about Kirby, as we said. Um, you know, there's a couple of other things in there as well. Triangle Strategy is out next month. Yeah. Um, previews of that came out earlier today. I think that looks really great. It's it's sort of Final Fantasy Tactics, Fire Emblem meets Octopath Traveler. Um, from what I've read, it seems like it's a bit of a slow burn. It's a very political story, yeah. but the combat is very good. Um, so I'm really intrigued to get into that. And then speaking of Fire Emblem, there's also a new Warriors game. I was going to um, say, based yes. Based on three houses. And, you know, the Warriors games, they're not as good as the originals. Fine. Mm. At least, you know, with Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity. And there's already been a Fire Emblem's uh, Warrior game. Um, but, you know, three houses was a huge success. Um, yeah. And Fire Emblem has become a really, really, really big property now for Nintendo. Mm. So it sort of makes sense that they would do a Warriors game based on that. And it's an excuse to see those characters again that have become very beloved for a lot of people. I so I'm really excited to uh, to see how they go with that as well. And it's coming out like in a couple, well, just before my birthday, 24th of June. Will, um, do we know when it takes place? Because I didn't really pay too much attention. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of alternate reality. That's what I'm thinking. Just going off. I mean, we've had this exact 
and this this is kind of going to be like mild age of calamity spoilers but we've had this situation before where we've had a game a warriors game based off the property mm. so like the original fire emblem warriors and the original hyrule warriors then we get a later game that is based off something specific in the property and kind of has to take some storyline liberties to make that work yeah exactly money's um Tells by the way, character design for Kirby was intended to serve as a placeholder graphics for the game's original protagonist in early development and was given a simplistic ball-like appearance. And I misread that as a placenta, uh, which is not what Kirby wow. is based it, on. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Kirby serves as a placenta. That is... I'd like to remind everyone watching, he's the one in charge of this. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's what Kirby wow. is. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Christ almighty. Kirby would make a good lazy poke. Kirby could make a yeah, Pokemon. I mean that's what yeah. Ditto is. It's just like a, a beaten up Kirby. <laughs> squashed. Yeah, squashed Kirby <laughs> Kirby Roadkill. <laughs> when are we gonna get when are we gonna get a game from Hal Laboratories that features that mascot? The the dog with the eggs. I wanna know the dog with the eggs story. The what? What? Have you never seen the Hal Laboratories, uh, the company that develops Kirby? Have you never seen their logo? Halabrator. How do Halal Brothers? No. Hal. How do you spell that? Yes. Yeah. What's their story? So Hal. H A L. Oh, there we go. Laboratory. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's an interesting logo. Yeah. yeah. It's a dog with eggs. Yeah. I want it's to Eddie. know the story of that. <laughs> yeah. If you look, if you just type it in, you can see some interesting. Uh, if you dive into Google uh, images, there's a lot of oh, weird. There's recreations with actual dogs. Oh, a claymore. Yeah, it's weird. Probably filth because it's the internet. Yeah, don't watch it with uh, safe search off. Yeah, oh. dogs don't have eggs. Though that is informative podcast for you. There we go. They're not eggs. Don't eat them. They're not chocolate <laughs> eggs. <laughs> but overall, then, I think we're all pretty happy with Nintendo. Mm. There's definitely a very good year ahead. I think I, I saw there's basically one big release every month for the end of the year. If we're also assuming and including Breath of the Wild 2 Bayonet and Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Also Mario and Rabbids, the sequel of that, hopefully will be the end of the year. And who knows Thank about Metroid Prime? Game. I was excited as well. Yeah, a lot of these games, I know they said that the majority were going to be out in the first half of this year, but it was cool getting some games that, are, you know, you had no idea were coming out, like the Fire mm. Emblem one, and they're like, yeah, it's out in June. Like, well, that's like it four months away. It was a lot of games, too. I expected a totally different direct. I expected 10 minutes on this, 10 minutes on that, a yeah. couple short announcements, but it was almost all short announcements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they raced through. They really did. They raced through a lot of it, and but I think it was better for it. It felt like they had a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah, it was forty minutes, but it was it flew by and it was jam packed with with mm -hmm. announcements. Um, Moni's asking when we'll get the next direct. I think they tend to do is it three or four a year. Mm. So I suspect the next one is probably going to be June around E3. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I suspect that's probably when they'll be like, "This is what's happening the rest of the year." And it's it's June. It's traditionally when their bigger announcements are. I think that's when we're going to get mm. the Breath of the Wild next. When don't we get another yeah. PlayStation one? We haven't had a PlayStation one that showcases like a proper one for a while, have we? Well, when you don't have a console to sell to uh, play games on, uh, there's really no point in talking about the games you're making. Just saying. 
Yeah. Well, they they seem to be they seem to be doing individual ones, mm. um, and I guess that they are ticking these off before the end of the financial year. So that's Horizon next week, mm. followed by Gran Turismo, followed by Ghostwire Tokyo. They are the big three that they have for now. Mm-hmm. I think once those three are out, it will then be right. This is what's coming next, which will hopefully be the next God of War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Microsoft will do their showcase. It'll be seven hours long uh, with all their studios. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. <laughs> no, it'll just be seven hours of Starfield. That's what it's going to be. Uh, it's their big release. That's the lot this year? Hours. Oh, yeah. Is that in November? Uh, yes. Mm. I think Starfield is the new Mass Effect. We'll see. All right. Well, um, did the chat say anything exciting? What we didn't ask the chat. No, nobody. nobody we could, I completely forgot to do a question of the day. Well, there we go. Well, because we asked it yesterday about what people were expecting, I suppose. That's no. true. Melum says no. <laughs> oh, Melum's the Melum's the authority here. We know nobody was. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they. Uh, I mean, we didn't see any. There was a few things that were missing. Like nothing about the Pixel remasters coming to Switch. No Pokemon DLC, but I guess that's kind of brand new. So, uh, we don't know anything about that. Yeah, that's a way off, yeah. And that will be a Pokemon stream specifically. They tend to do separate things. Yeah. And the, uh, no the, Animal uh, Crossing stuff, although they've said that they're not going to be updating it. Yeah, that's over. They're, they're pretty much done with Animal Crossing, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if the intention with the Pixel remaster is the Pixel remasters is once 6 comes out to maybe package them all together for the Switch mm-hmm. and sell them mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Which I would be fine with. Yeah. Mm, six is um yeah six just got announced well it got like february 23rd i think yeah i got an email from them yeah Yeah. i'm I'm gonna replay it i mean final fantasy six is up there i mean my two favorite final fantasies are six and nine so Mm. see the only two i'm interested in the collection really are one and five because they're the ones i haven't played oh four and six for me Mm. but I, i would like to play through all of them but I do kind of well, wish because I played well, a bit, Steam. well, I I would like to play a bit of one. Uh, well, I'd like to play through one before, especially before Stranger of Paradise comes out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was playing the Pixel Remaster on um, on my phone for a bit, and it definitely doesn't have any quality of life improvements. Hmm. Uh, like I went from, yeah, like there's no kind of. Well, I I had to restart the game <laughs> because I could I couldn't get back to the town. And my health was so low and I hadn't bought any potions. So I could and I couldn't get back to the town without going through an area that created a uh, an encounter. Every okay. single time I had to go through this encounter and it would just wipe me out because I only had one person with a bit of health left. It was a nightmare. I was like, I've got to just like restart the whole game. Uh which luckily I only lost about thirty minutes of progress, but it was still a bit annoying. Gotta get that grind on, Ben. I knew, yeah. Need to grind, grind, you've, grind, you've grind. You've got the expert here forgiving. to get tips from. I was on my way to see you as well, so I was, you know, as I was getting frustrated on the train, <laughs> I think I just turned it off. Well, any tips from Annie? Uh, what kind of party did you start with? Like, what what classes did you take? In Final Fantasy One? Yeah. Oh, just the the base four. It was like right at the beginning when you go to the cave. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, it's it's an old game. Just you you do kind of have to take that time to to grind and level up a bit, and just 
never really go anywhere without stuff in your inventory. Like yeah. it's, it's a product of its time. There's not really much they can do to change that without honestly, like fundamentally changing the game. So that's what I liked about Final Fantasy IX's remaster. You could just go and like press a button and you'd get all health. <laughs> you just give it like, yeah, full health. Everything does, everyone's at your limit break. Yeah. Power through it. Ben mode. Ben mode, exactly. Ben mode. Nine is <laughs> so good go. as well. All right. So, Annie, where can we find you? Um, not a lot of places, honestly. I'm not really up on this social media thing that a lot of people do. Uh, I am on Twitter, which is Annie May Play. Twitter, however, however you put Twitter things in, at Annie May Play, I guess. And then obviously, twitch.tv slash anime play is where I do my thing three to four times a week. Mm. Uh, hopefully going to be finishing some of what I'm doing now and kind of taking a little break from JRPGs. Although that direct is like, are you, are you certain about that? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you can do that? <laughs> um, but I'm actually going to start playing through a bunch of Kirby games soon <gasps> ah. uh, because I want to get ready for uh, Kirby next month. So, and nice. there's, you know, Kirby games are short. I can probably get, one done like per stream for a while and that'll be a nice break from um games that i'm putting a hundred hours into because mm-hmm. <laughs> wow hmm. it's uh it's tough sometimes like i know ben like you've obviously streamed like way more animal crossing than that but like you know that's a game with no goal like i'm i'm i i have a hundred hours in a game where i'm like still trying to actually beat the game yeah i got to 65 hours in assassin's creed and i wasn't even streaming it and it was like no that's enough (laughs) yeah can't imagine what it's like doing that 100 hours under and and just to put it into perspective my in-game time is 75 hours so i've lost about 25 hours to game overs how just to put that into perspective yeah wow Um, i'm nothing if not dedicated and stubborn that's um that's me (laughs) i guess well that's a way to sum up Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights with an N on Twitter and Twitch. Yeah. And I am Biggest Benners on Twitch and most places except for Twitter, which I'm Biggest Benners one. Um, and also, straight after the podcast, we've got, well, this is our first day of uh, being a, uh, well, having Thursday as split the screen evenings. We're going to be going, and so after the podcast in future, we're going to be switching to some uh, co-op games. Our game that we're playing at the moment still is It Takes Two. Uh, we're going to be yeah switching over to that in uh, just a few minutes. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to play a bit of, yeah, It Takes Two. And uh, yeah, that was one of the questions from a uh, question of the day a few days ago is like recommending your favorite co-op games. Annie, what's your favorite co-op game? Favorite co-op game ever is uh, Zelda Four Swords Adventure on the GameCube. Well. It's just a shame because playing it optimally was is like the most difficult thing to set up especially nowadays where most of the uh, well all of the equipment needed to set that up is no longer actively being made (laughs) but it is the best co-op game ever like by far like bar none i think it's the funnest co-op experience i've ever been a part of Mm. we'll find a way yeah (laughs) i mean yeah gamecube is they've got the four holes you just shove them in I did see somebody, I did see a group stream that game and the setup for that was, um, well, it wasn't a stream. It was like a let's play, but they had a Wii, which they were running four Game Boy players on GameCubes 
as the controller, like through the, the controller ports on the Wii, then outputting the GameCube signal to like other capture devices so that each GameCube was essentially a Game Boy, like a Game Boy Advance. Wow. <laughs> it was it was incredible. Like the amount of work that that took was just like, what? <laughs> Why not just, you not just get a GameCube and plug four controllers in? Um, so the thing with Four Swords Adventure is the controllers that you would use are Game Boy Advances because there's moments in the game where you go off screen. Like, so say you're on like an overworld section and somebody goes into a cave. Mm. That player's viewpoint switches from the television to the Game Boy Advance wow. so that they can be in the cave while the other players aren't in the cave. It's it sounds cool. Kind of like what the Wii U did later, where it's all as like it's asymmetric stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's why you need like the game, uh, the the Game Boy Advances, because you need these alternate displays. Oh. Yeah, that's why I think it's amazing. It one GameCube, four Game Boy Advances, and the link mm -hmm. cables to go with them, because yes. obviously everything's cabled at this point. Yeah, everything's cabled. Okay, yeah. we need to remaster somehow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very, very much for joining. Uh, you can uh, listen to this podcast at splitthescreen.com uh, or you can just find it on my channel if it's within the last, you know, 60 days or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll be, if you stay tuned, if you're watching this live, if you stay tuned, we'll be going and doing some It Takes Two straight afterwards. Uh, if not, well, we'll see you for the next podcast, which is next Thursday. Do we have a guest lined up yet? No. Okay. We have ideas. <laughs> okay, brilliant. We'll need to uh, nail someone down. Oh, well. That's all what right. we love to do here. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. We'll thank see you all. Yeah, th next it? thank week. you very much for joining, Annie. Yeah. Of course. I yes, of course. Time. I want to thank Annie for I'm not, you know, don't want to just be like, leave without saying thank you. Sorry. My Great bad. to talk to Ed. <laughs> well, thank to you, then, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, well you, you do the thing, Ed. Well, yeah, stay tuned for the duo stream. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Be there or, or be, be split. split.